Hello, I'm Oliver Sibley. This is Outlaw Catholic. On this episode, I have Colin Kegler with me. We talk about our grandfathers, we talk about prayer, we talk about some other stuff. I hope you really enjoy. This is Outlaw Catholic. I am Oliver Sibley. And today, I have Colin Kegler with me. How's it going? Colin, you Oliver. are a great and dear friend of mine. Thanks, Oliver. And something, dude, I am really excited that you're on this podcast. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> don't dude, cry. Don't we cry. literally just started. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but dude, I just, I have really enjoyed, I mean, this is off the tracks. I mean, it is on the tracks, but it's not. Yeah, and I just need to tell you, I have really enjoyed our friendship, especially like in the run-ins that we have. Like the other day, we were crossing paths, and we just stepped into this wild conversation about prayer. Yeah, they're talking about God, <laughs> and it was, it was, so cool. Thanks, Oliver. That actually means a lot, and that's the thing is, like, I don't necessarily think that's me. I think that's you. Because, like, my average conversation does not necessarily go <laughs> in that <laughs> line, which I wanted to. But usually, like, it's just like, hey, how's it going? Like, superficial. But that's the thing is, like, whenever I have a conversation with you, it's just, like, immediate deep. Like, just tear it all out and, like, Colin. rip it up. Lay it on the ground. Like, let's talk about it. Like, it's never, never a dull conversation. It's just sometimes a little too deep. <laughs> well, expose it. But it's good, dude. I, I think that's like something that but you're good definitely good at is even if I come in hot, it's like no, I'm ready. You're doing your piece. You know, it's not like whenever I talk to you or come in with dude, I just had a crazy prayer or oh, this crazy thing just happened. You often have something on deck ready to go. <laughs> you know, like No, you bring it out of me. It's there's but, always something going on, but yeah. I remember this summer when I came over for dinner with uh, you, John, oh, yeah. and Gustavo. Like, I needed that. So, like, to give some background, uh, I was just having a rough day. Um, kind of got into a fight with some of my housemates, and I just, like, was going through it. Had a long day of work. And then, like, Oliver and John and Gustavo all invited me over for dinner, and we were just like sitting down having amazing conversation and then we were like just sharing like our highs and lows of the year and stuff and then i forgot how it come up came up but i was just asked such like a genuine con- like question from i think it was you but it's just like how's mm-hmm. it going and like for the first time in like months i felt like i was finally able to just like let it out like let out like truly like how i'm doing and I, like, talked for, like, 30 minutes, which is something, like, I never do. And they just, like, listened, heard. It was great. Console. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> like, I need, like, I left that, like, that night when I left, I just, like, had, like, the biggest smile on my face. It's just, like, exactly what I needed. Dude, it was a great time. It was fantastic. We had set the table all nice oh. and had that lamp in the corner with all the other Didn't lights we have a candle up. going, too? We did have a candle oh. going. So there was a nice, like what is it rustic amber or oh, something like, yeah like a nice dark masculine candle <laughs> <laughs> oh it was fantastic it wasn't like ocean breeze it was a 
It was a man candle. Yeah, it was like chest hair <laughs> scented. Lumberjack chest hair. Just, mm, the woods. I sweat. <laughs> Dude, I just know that there is like such a beauty in having those sorts of relationships where you can just step into that stuff or like step into real encounters. 100%. Where I, this is something that often comes to my mind. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I often think that everyone and their mom is pent up about something. And this has been a, a bigger theme in my life than, than I've realized, but recently it's come to the light where people often have something ready to share or want to share something or have something that they want an outlet for. Hmm but don't have an opportunity to talk. And that's why I love encountering people who are open to that. Yeah. No, like that is so true. And I feel like so few people like have that opportunity or like have that friend. Like, I don't know, with you guys at the house, like I feel like it's almost like dangerous because all of you guys are just like <laughs> such incredible listeners. Carter. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Carter's here too. But <laughs> I love you, Carter. Um, but yeah, like it's like truly like a gift and a blessing to come over here because it's like you're like it's just it's not even like asked of you, it's demanded of you. It's like not in yeah. a creepy way. No, no, not in a creepy <laughs> way at all. But it's just like like you so rarely I mean, I don't know if you experience this just like in who you surround yourself with, but it's like such a rare thing to like have like just those deepest parts of you like welcomed yeah like that's that's a powerful thing i think i think it's like something we need a lot more of today because like we always have like something going on and like we're surrounded by these people who are just like always on their phone like you're having a conversation with them and they're just like checking their text messages and stuff and it's just like so annoying but like then like it's just like almost like a slap in the face when it's like and a good slap in the face not that it's ever been like a nice, I've ever had a nice <laughs> slap in the face, but if it existed, it was this. Oh, like the confirmation slap that they used to confirmation do? Confirmation slap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah pre Vatican yeah. II, when you were confirmed. <laughs> do, you, do you know this? Tell me about it. Okay. Yeah, so when you would go up to get confirmed, you know, when they lay their hands on you and they like bless you with the oil, the bishop, or like if a priest needed to stand in, a priest can do it too. Combined with that, the priest would slap you. Why? Like, as in like a bringing you to reality like this is it like you're a catholic and you're like an adult in the catholic faith and like start acting like it like they would slap you <laughs> now i don't think they would like full-on slap you i'm pretty sure it's just like a light like a little, little backhand yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, just a slight just <laughs> i mean i imagine like the bishop like if he had like one kid he was like oh this kid's a jerk just full-on oh i can't wait to bang. confirm this kid <laughs> Gotta let it out. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> You're gonna get confirmed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss it. Dude. We need some of that. That was pre-Vatican II. I'm pretty sure that was pre-Vatican II. And now that's what it's like whenever you come to our house. Yeah. Just walk in the door. All of her siblings just standing there. Just like hand chalked up, ready to just backhand you. Hey, tell me about your day. <laughs> yeah, Colin. So today, having you on this podcast, what is the 
slap in the face that I could give you. What is the, <laughs> what is the, <laughs> what is the question? I'm, I'm just trying to like step into it. What's been going on in your world? How's prayer? Prayer's good. Prayer's really good. Was not going that great, but now is going amazing. I feel like I was, for the past week or so, I've been entering into prayer with like a Pelagian mindset, which to give some background, Pelagianism was a heresy back in, uh, I want to say the 1500s or something, but basically it's like the- cargo shorts times. Yes. Yes. Back when you couldn't put as many things in your pockets. Sad days. (laughs) But basically it's like this mindset of like God being like this, like slot machine you just like you put in the quarters and then God puts something out for you. So it's like, <clears throat> I'll have this prayer answered, but only if I do like five holy hours or I will not be able to attain this level of holiness unless like I pray a 54 day rosary novena. Kind of like a, a bargaining system with God. Exactly. Which like we don't need to earn God's love. Like God is freely giving of it constantly. Like you could be doing a holy hour every single day or you could be giving God like if all, that's all you have, just five minutes a day. And like he can work with that and use that and just give you like as much grace as he can possibly give, which yeah. is limitless. But like that's I was massive. Yeah. I mean, also, it's not that God can work with five minutes every day, but he does. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and then in your case, you were telling me earlier about how you do a holy hour every day (laughs) yeah i've just recently started doing it and i did that with like this like pelagian mindset and that's not saying like me doing a holy hour every day is a bad thing like it's a great thing and if you have the time to do it do it i think it was uh i don't know who said it but i want to say it was saint john paul ii he was like if you don't have time to do one holy hour a day do two (laughs) just basically like if you can't like just lean into christ i know that's what saint Teresa said Maybe it's St. Teresa. I know she had said to her sisters, I guess. Yeah. She had said to her sisters that, like, the sisters were too busy. Like, they, they came to her and they said, like, I'm too busy. I've, I don't know if we can pray a holy hour today because the work that we have is so intense and it requires so much time and effort that I don't know if I have time to pray an hour. And... She, she comes back at them and says, okay, now we're praying too. And so I'm pretty sure that now still today, like they pray two holy hours a day. That's awesome. That's so much cooler than just St. John Paul II said. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's so cool. St. John Paul II, he... Oh, he's dope. He's got he's some fantastic. great quotes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so how has mm-hmm. um, your holy hour been? Um, So... My holy hours have been honestly amazing. Um, Like, it's really allowed me to, like, I've tried doing a holy half hour every single day, failed at that, tried doing, like, 15 minutes a day, failed at that. But then, like, finally, I just got, like, a kick, the kick in the print, kick in the pants in prayer. The old kick in the, kick in the prints. Yeah, like the, the good old uh, slap in the face. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I was like, I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to have some accountability with like those close to me with my spiritual director just to make sure that I'm doing this every day and I'm just going to do it and going into it like I really wanted one aspect of my my prayer life like just like enhanced and like I was seeing growth but I was again entering into with that Pelagian mindset of just like God I'm gonna give you this and that means you have to give me this 
And then that prayer that I had, that part of my prayer life that I wanted enhanced, just like nothing was changing. Like it was, is growing a little bit, but it wasn't like what I was expecting. And I started to get angry at God. I was like, God, I've given you this. I've given you this every single day. Like, why aren't you giving me like this in return? Which is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> it's like, God, you owe this to me. No, no, no. God literally sent his only son to die for us on a cross. Like, he owes us nothing. He didn't even owe us that. Like, he owes us literally nothing. He created us. Nothing we have is our own. So I was just getting upset. I was just getting pissed off. And I was like, I was literally walking to the port with just this, like, angry mindset. I was like, God, like, you haven't given me this. Like, what the heck? And I was just upset. And I was, like, kind of being snappy with my friends. And I was just not in a good place. And I did not want to do a holy hour that day. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buck up and do it. So, like, as I was walking there, I was just, like, totally ready just to, like, let God have it. Which, again, mm. dumbest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Not necessarily. That. Yeah. I'm a big proponent. This is a side note. I'm a big proponent for ruthlessly praying. Oh, 100%. Letting it rip. Yeah. It's like, if you need to curse God out, let him have it. He, okay, created, he created the universe. That's true. I think he could handle your poorly phrased insults. No, I totally agree with that because like God wants you like he doesn't want this like idea of you that like or this idea that you think you should be like he wants you exactly where you're at. Like whether you're like the greatest saint or like the worst sinner, like it doesn't matter. He wants you like you look back to the Bible like Mary Magdalene, like he wanted Mary Magdalene exactly where she was, not like some like holy like Jewish woman, but like Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute. Like, he's here to, like, lift us up and, like, go into the depths. Like, enter into the valley with us. Dude, this is huge for me that God doesn't want only the prayers that he's taught you to pray. Yeah. God doesn't just want our fathers, Hail Marys and Glory Bees. He wants your heart. He wants your your soul. (laughs) Your disgusting, filthy heart. But what does he do with it? He nurtures it and he cares for it because he loves you yeah. and he wants you. It's like, yeah. just imagine you teach it, you're teaching a kid how to play baseball and you teach him the basics. You know, it's like, hey, like, you know, this is how you swing. This is that whatever. And then that kid who actually has incredible talent and, you know, he's like crazy finesse player. I'm going to switch from baseball to basketball. Do just it. imagine... You've got like Michael Jordan, right? Absolute yeah. monster. And God teaches him the basics of basketball. What a shame it would have been if Michael Jordan didn't use his incredible strengths. Yeah. It's like that man is a wizard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he is. Did you watch the documentary talented. on Netflix? So good. You watched it? Last day or last dance? It's the last dance, yeah. It's insane. It's ridiculous. But that's what I'm saying is like in that space, it's like you can see just how unique and incredible he is as an athlete. Yeah. What a shame it would have been if he was playing the game like everybody else. No, exactly. He revolutionized basketball basketball because he did it his way. He used his strengths. Yeah. And in the faith life, it's the same deal. It's like 
I'm going to pray a Hail Mary and Our Father because that's what, that's what the people want me to do. But, like, let it rip. Yeah. Give it to you. No, exactly. And that's the thing is, like, I feel like we have this mindset of Catholics to basically, like, be a cookie cutter. Like, be like every other saint. Everyone is, like, just a cookie cutter Catholic, just the same here, same here, same here. But, like, in reality, like, if you look at Catholics... Like, you come Franciscan, and you look at, like, the people that, like, you're kind of, like, drawn to. Like, the people who are really striving in their faith. They are the most unique, weird people, like, you'll ever meet. They are totally unique. You've never met anyone like them. But then you, like, walk into, like, our culture nowadays, and, like, you talk to, like, these people who is like who are seen as cool, or you look at, like, influencers on Instagram, and they're the cookie cutters. Like, they're all doing the same TikTok liter- dances. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> it's disgusting they're like flossing crap like but like literally like you look at these people they talk the exact same way they dress the exact same way they go to the exact same things like they're all like the same person and like that's what society wants to do it wants to like chew us up and spit us out as like these just like drones who like just walk through life doing the exact same things doing what we're supposed to do according to them but then you enter like the church and you like start being like surrounded by those who are like truly like striving after Christ and like no one does it the same way at all. Not even close. No. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's life giving. Snap back in it. What what happened whenever you went to the, the port? You showed up angry and ready to <laughs> ready to tear God. Well, it's funny you asked that, Oliver, because I was about to get into it. Um <laughs> So I was walking in just upset, pissed off, and like ready to let God have it because I had not gotten what I wanted to get. I had not gotten what I felt God owed me. And if you look at it from God's perspective, it's like this chump. Like what does this kid think he's doing? Like who does he think he is? But rather than that, like rather than like walk into the port, walk into adoration and have God just like, slap me upside the face and shame me rather he like I went in the port was full and I was like about to leave but then I saw like a corner in the side of the room and now looking in hindsight I'm very glad I chose the corner or I'm (laughs) glad that I was forced to choose the corner why well I'm not a crier (laughs) I never cry it's been like I didn't cry for eight years straight and then my grandfather passed away and then from thenceforth like I didn't cry for another three years but then I walked into the port, sat down in my little hidden corner, which thank you, God, for <laughs> forcing me into the corner. I just sat down. And I'm a big kneeler while you pray kind of guy. Like, I love to kneel when I pray. But I sat down in the corner, and I was getting ready to let God have it. And then, like, I just look up, and I look at Jesus. I look at him in the tabernacle or in the monstrance, and I just have this thought of I am a child I'm just like a little child with like a poopy diaper who's just screaming for their parents and just being the most annoying like obnoxious child but and like I was just like starting to feel shame and then like Jesus just like spoke to me and was like you are a child that's what I've called you to be like you look at math Matthew 18 I'm pretty sure it's two through four it's uh like you have to be a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. So like I went mm. in and I was like, crap, like I'm a child. And I'm like in tears and shame. 
And then Jesus is like, perfect. That's what I want. Like, I want you to be a child. Like, I want you to come to me with just joy. Like, I want to pick you up like a father and just hold you and just love on you. I just want to hear that you love me and I just want to love you. And that's literally it. Like, that's what I want. And that's how you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like, you don't need to attain this idea of what you think you should attain in prayer. What, like, you've been looking for, what I thought I needed. Literally, all Jesus wanted and what he told me was just be, just be a child. Like, you're shameful about being a child, like, about not being the man that you want to be. But rather, like, that's exactly what I want. I want you, exa- like, what we're talking about, like, exactly where you are. Yeah. Yeah, I cried for half an hour. That's so beautiful. It was amazing. What was the, <laughs> run me through, what were, like, the, the tears? Were they, like, tears of joy or, like, sort of relief? It started out with, like, tears of shame. Like, as I said, like, I just felt like a child, and I was, like, feeling shameful because I felt like I was acting like a child. And I realized just, like, how ridiculous I was kind of being. And then it just turned from, like, tears of shame and sadness to, like, tears of joy tears of joy just like I had this like image like I literally just started over and over in my head just saying I love you dad I love you dad I love you dad and like finally like this is the first time I've ever done this too looking at God the father as my father and I also realized when I like you imagine like when you go to heaven like if you're a little chunkier more big boned like you're (laughs) like ah like when I get to heaven I'm gonna be jacked like I'm gonna be like (laughs) ah shredded to like beyond belief but like I realized like when I enter heaven when I enter heaven like I'm not gonna be jacked I'm not gonna be like even adult and I'm not gonna be an old man either what I'm gonna be is like I'm gonna be a little toddler <laughs> probably four or five years old just like running around like an imbecile but just like being totally loved by God I love that image I love imagery like that same and I often think about heaven there's so many little strands that I could pull Go, here. Oliver, run. <laughs> run like a child. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, oh man, which, Lord, where what, where do you want me to run? <laughs> <laughs> Just Dude, go. I'm going to start with telling a story from, you had mentioned that like, Eight years prior, the time that you had cried before was whenever your grandfather passed away? Yeah, it was like three years ago, but yeah. Wait, so it was eight years before? So I was like 13, or I was like 10 the last time I cried. I think I like stubbed my toe really hard. And then like from that point on, I never cried. And then like three years ago, my grandpa passed away. And then like that rocked my world. I loved my grandpa. But like that's what it takes for me to cry. Was that crying... Was that at your, like, grandfather's funeral, or was that, like... It was actually, well, this is going to get, we're going to get to, from crying potential to even more crying potential, but basically, (laughs) uh, I was in Austria when my grandfather passed away, and I have a lot of cousins, and all of my cousins were able to visit my grandpa before he passed away. Amazing man. Uh, He was a World War II veteran. He lived until he was 93, 92. Wow just like a worker what a man oh he was a man and a half like he just never stopped working never stopped caring for all of those around him and like he wasn't like the most like outspoken guy but he just worked and he just loved his family like through his work like and i think that's what we're called to as men is like just working like just like 
being that provider, like being that protector and just loving our family, like through our work and loving our family through like interactions. Well, like that's how God made him and that's how he lived out his life. But yeah, he was 92 when he passed away and it was very sudden. And I was in Austria when it happened and I knew he was passing away and I was like calling him over and over, like, or calling my mom who was with him, taking care of him as he was passing away. And none of my calls were able to go through. He was like sleeping or just didn't have the energy to talk. And then I think it was two days before he passed away. Like I finally, like the phone call went through and like he was literally on death's doorstep. And like the only things he said to me was like, I love you and I'm praying for you. And I've never heard my grandpa say like, I love you before. We were really close, but it wasn't like that, like kind of father son relationship. It was like, I don't know. It was a unique relationship, but it was like something that it just hit home so powerfully. Like this man who's on his deathbed is saying he's praying for me. Like not like asking for my prayers. Like he's like, I'm praying for you. And like, he just said those things, same things over and over. And I was like, I love you, grandpa. And then like, it didn't hit until like three hours later. Like I got off the phone with him. I was like making dinner in Austria and I like a sad song came on or something like I forget what it was it might have been like chasing cars by uh what's who's that by I'm thinking like U2 or something like yeah no, something like, one of those well, bands uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but wait it just triggered it like just I just crouched down in the kitchen I just like lost it <laughs> but yeah so that's that's what it takes for me to cry so like God just like I don't know it's that like I didn't really make this connection before but it's like that fatherly love yeah like that grandfatherly love that i experienced like totally undeserved totally unwarranted but like given freely oh that is that is such a beautiful story thank you that makes me want to share my story please offer <laughs> so run <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> whenever <clears throat> so i was kind of in a similar space of not having cried for a long time and after my child years whenever it's appropriate to cry Mm -hmm. there was a long period where I didn't cry and since then I think I can count on my hands the number of times that I've cried which it's not often and every now and then like more recently I've cried a few more times but it's always been at very beautiful moments where I just couldn't comprehend something that I saw or couldn't like put words to something so beautiful Mm. and I remember the first time that as a self-proclaimed man (laughs) that (laughs) I cried so this is a very delightful story Uh but it doesn't start that way (laughs) (laughs) it starts with me being in a place uh, a place where this place Maybe in a little place. Loves places. So the story, <laughs> the story starts where I, in high school, had been wrestling freshman year, and then I got hurt. And whenever after that, I just got so kind of lost. Where like I didn't know that I was loved. Like I wasn't really allowing myself to be loved by anyone anywhere I kind of felt like an outcast really especially with the wrestling stuff because after I got hurt I couldn't 
it was just I would try to go to practice or try to go participate in that stuff and I just couldn't do it I couldn't bring myself to it and receive the friendships that I knew I had Hmm. and especially like in the family realm too which is a shame it's like I wasn't allowing myself to be loved by my family or to rejoice in my family and then just in this area of being distant from that love I got have you ever been in the space where like you kind of snap out of it for a few days and then you kind of like snap back in. You're like, whoa, where have I been? What am I doing? Oh, hundred percent. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So this happened. I was in one of those sections that lasted about, I think about three months. Shoot. And I snap back. And whenever that happened, I was like, what just happened? And was this due to the wrestling? Do the wrestling injury? Is that the snap? You're no, no, no. This, this was just like after having wrestled. So progression. Wrestled, started feeling loneliness, despair, out of sorts, really disconnected, led into me being like self-afflicted loner, mm. if I can say that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Probably. Yeah, so oh, in, in that space, I, you know, for a long time, I was just not knowing that I wasn't receiving love. And then during that time, I snapped out of it for about three months. And during that time, my grandfather passed away. So Mm -hmm. this is my dad's dad. Yeah. And he's just like a worker. He just like did the job. He's good at it. You know, and he's just like, yeah, he's just really like took care of business. And then for the sake of my father, like, I don't know if I've ever really talked to my dad about this, but I know it's like my dad is one of the most efficient men I know. He is just an incredible productive machine. (laughs) It is unreal. And I really admire my dad. And I know, I know how my dad operates and how I receive love from him. And, you know, in a way that like, (laughs) like not long ago, my dad sent me a video of a tree that was had fallen there was a beehive in it and he like lit the tree on fire and he, sh- <laughs> he just like recorded this video and sent this video of a tree burning to me and it's the cutest thing and there were no words in it but like i really knew that he loved me and that's when you cried <laughs> i knew that my dad loved me in that moment whenever that's awesome he like kind of walked around so i could get a better view of the fire and zoomed in in the video <laughs> and like wow that was a moment when like it'll come around (laughs) yeah so it's like that sort of moment where it's like oh man i know like this is where my dad is sharing his life with me and i can rejoice in that that's beautiful but with my grandfather i didn't know him well enough to know how he was loving me or how he was sharing himself with me and so whenever he died i didn't feel very connected to him and i was doubting if he loved me if he cared for me and then i went to the funeral And, you know, my whole family, they're all like, you know, really going through it. And I felt kind of like outside of those normal processing feelings. Mm -hmm. And whenever I was at the funeral and I wasn't crying, I started to feel bad because I didn't feel bad. And I just was rubbing my eyes to make them red so it looked like I was crying so yeah. that whenever people came up and asked like, are you okay? He'd be like, yeah, like, it's okay. And like kind of faking it. Yeah. And 
then compound that. It's like, I felt even worse about it after. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, why am I trying to console these other people who are grieving whenever I know that like my, my heart's not in this what's going on. And then I was talking to a friend of mine who at the time I didn't know was Catholic. Mm. Or I mean, he, I guess he was, I guess I knew that he was Catholic, but I didn't know that he was like Catholic, Catholic. Like to the degree that he was Catholic. Yeah, he was Catholic, Catholic. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he told me to pray a novena to St. Therese, which if you don't know about a novena to St. Therese, it oh, is an amazing thing. It is a Go masterpiece. On. So how the, would you like to take a, a second no, to no, explain no, no. how a novena works? And how Novena to St. Therese works? What I know of uh, Novena to St. Therese is you do is do you do a rosary every day or is it you like pray specific prayers every so, day? This Novena, or at least the Novena that I prayed at the time, was just a simple little daily reading. Okay. And I'm sure that there are far more complicated yeah. ones at the time. Yeah. Or like, you know, like there are more complicated Novenas to her where you incorporate more, which I'm sure you know, I'm not 100%, but... Yeah. The one that I prayed was a daily little reading and then that was pretty much all that I did. Because okay. at the time I wasn't practicing my faith or knew much at all. And Saint Therese is the one with the flowers. Correct? Yeah. So oh. Saint Therese Which flowers did you ask for? So how it works is there are, you know, the prayers that you do for the nine days associated with an intention that you have mm-hmm. and the Lord reveals himself with the intercession of St. Therese through imagery of flowers. And they could be tangible flowers or roses or any sorts, daisies or daffodils or anyway. But so I was not asking for a lot because <laughs> <laughs> I was skeptical as to the validity of a novena and just the whole thing in general just sounded like a bunch of hocus pocus. Quick pause. You said your friend was very Catholic. Were you very Catholic at this point as well? or? So I grew up in an area that there are a lot of Catholics. Okay. And in that area, so I'm from South Louisiana mm. and grew up in Covington. Okay. And... In that area, there's a ton of Catholics around. I went to a Catholic school. All my friends, their families are Catholic. It's great. And there's maybe little expectation for more than just the social norms of being Catholic. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, go to Mass and and do the sacraments. Like, be baptized, be confirmed, receive the Eucharist, go to Mass on Sundays. And the culture doesn't expect more of that, more from that, which there's beauty on both sides, mm-hmm. you know, just like a comfortability in the faith, which is remarkable. So like a predisposition towards like cradle Catholic. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, you know, it's easy to get comfortable in that space. And I know that I had just because you know everyone's Catholic. And then whenever someone invites me to pray a novena, like what kind of voodoo is this? Like what kind of Catholic are you that you know about? Like it's you actually you know about the saints? Being from Louisiana and all your voodoo. 
Yeah, yeah it's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> That's why my head goes there. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. But yeah, so whenever, so whenever my friend came to me and told me that I should try to pray a novena to St. Therese, I took that as an opportunity to ask the Lord, one, if he was taking care of my grandfather who passed away, asking, Lord, is he okay? I don't really know if heaven or hell are real or whatever, but can you let me know if he's being taken care of? And more importantly, like, on my side, asking the Lord, did my grandfather love me? Hmm. Did he care for me? Did he, like, how much did I miss while I was out? Yeah. How much was I not allowing myself to receive? Lord, like, tell me that you're taking care of my grandfather and that he loved me. And after that, I started this novena. So day one of the novena, my dad, he was planting some bushes in the, at the house and he asked like, Oliver, would you, would you help me plant these roses? Holy crap. Yeah. But I, in my ignorance was like, <laughs> nah, that's that. Like my dad plants roses all the time. Okay. He always invites me to do stuff and I wouldn't do it just cause I was a terrible <laughs> child. But it, like, I was like, okay, that's not super weird. Cause my dad is always doing home improvement things and making our house. Sounds like you. A wonderland. Dude, my dad is a completely different degree of our house is awesome. We have so many gadgets. Really? My dad, oh, this is a huge tangent. I'm not going to do it. But, <laughs> but, There's so many potential tangents. Oh, dude, this is a bigger one than you realize. <laughs> I love my father. Yeah. So my dad had asked for my help to plant these roses. Yeah. And I ignored that sign. You monster. I know. Because I know my dad's incredible. I know he's always trying to make the house great and please my mother and she loves all of the work that he does and so so beautiful oh dude todd michael sibley he's the best todd such a good name he's such a great man (laughs) (laughs) good name better man (laughs) but so he you know that happened and then i kind of upped the ante with god i was like "Uh, can you just like do something that i can't avoid and then <clears throat> the next day after school, I'm doing something that I deeply love to do, which is driving. Mm. And I personally am a Spotify listener, but sometimes when you plug your phone in to the aux cord, sometimes <laughs> Apple Music begins to play. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, 100%. Yeah, so, the that, worst. so that happened, or the best gotta love apple that's true they have great stuff anyway tangent but (laughs) but so that happened and at the time on my phone i had music that my oldest brother had played because we had like apple share Mm -hmm. and so i had some of his songs from way back when whenever he would drive me to school and i knew all of the words to his songs because i was forced to listen to them (laughs) (laughs) so then whenever i plug my phone in apple music kicks on and my brother's music starts playing, and the song that comes on is The Gambler by Fun. That is such a good song. You know it? I love that song. Yeah. I know exactly what you're about to say, too. 
Um, yeah, don't so continue, please. <laughs> I am driving, and I am enjoying this music that I know that I haven't heard in a little while, mm-hmm. and I'm just rolling. And in my hometown, there is a three-lane road that has a red light. Mm-hmm. It has multiple red lights. It's called 190. And I'm in the middle lane, and the song kicks on, and it starts going, and I'm enjoying it, as one does with music. And then... A line comes and it hits me very hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the line is, and I will buy you a rose. I will buy the flower shop so you could never be lonely. Mm -hmm. And even if the sun stops waking up over the fields, I will not leave. I will not leave till it's our time. So just take my hand and know that I will never leave your side. Oh... And I start bawling. Dude, I start crying so hard. My arms are literally covered in goosebumps. I have never cried so ferociously. (laughs) Good word. I am not a pretty crier at all. I am a very pale-skinned boy. (laughs) And I am crying. At the time, I was not full-bearded. That's fair. And I... My face is like so red. I'm like crazy out of it. Just like big, big tears. Mm. Absolutely shotgunning out of my face. (laughs) And I am like (laughs) hollering. Like I'm just like, ah! And then I'm like grabbing the steering wheel, like 10 and 2, really like squeezing the crap out of the steering wheel. Yeah. And I am crying so hard. And I look to my right and the people to the right of me at this red light definitely noticed. (laughs) And this lady, I I can still see her her face like in my head. I can still picture this lady. She asked with her hand, both of her hands up, what's going on? (laughs) And I put both my hands up. I don't know. And like, I'm just like. Like look to my left, they also noticed oh <laughs> this gosh. couple and the couple on the other side, the same kind of thing. What's going on? I don't know. And then the light turns green and I floor yeah. it. <laughs> I just gun it <laughs> as fast as I can. And I, I had never encountered such a profound love. I mean, there have been incredible moments throughout my faith journey where I have really been engulfed in the love of God. Mm. And this moment was incredible because it wasn't just that the Lord answered my prayers. It was that I was doing the things that I love to do. Mm. I was enjoying the music that my brother had showed me, Mm. which I deeply enjoy. I knew all the words I was singing along. I love singing and being a part of that. And then I was driving, which is so satisfying for me. Mm. And I was integrated into the prayer that I had. It wasn't that God answered my prayer in a way that I could have predicted, but he answered it in a way that was more particular to me that I could understand. Wow. He answered my prayer with this longing that I had in a way that was so particularly Oliver's that it could not be replicated. Yeah. And it was an incredibly beautiful moment. And then I, I 
rest easy. Yeah. Like whenever I think about my grandfather now and wonder, there's no concern. No. Because I know the Lord is holding him. Wow. Oh. And that ties like perfectly back to like what we were talking about before, which is like God desires for us to be unique. Like he wants us to be ourselves and like he wants to come into us being ourselves totally and completely and not like anyone else. And like, yeah. that's exactly what he did. Also the persistence, like he like not only once, but twice, like first, like the planting roses in the garden and it's like, oh, oh, you're not going to accept that. Okay. Just wait for what I'm cooking <laughs> up next. This out. <laughs> Cracks his knuckles. <laughs> Cracks the neck a few times. Like, let's go. God's like, all right, you're on the interstate. <laughs> I'm going to go 80. <laughs> Yeah, that no, God would go way faster than and that. And the fact that God can work through Apple, that says something. Yeah. And Spotify. And Spotify. God totally swiped Spotify to get to Apple, to yeah. get we to all... the song, to get to my heart. <laughs> Should we all switch to like Apple Music? Why? Like, I don't know. If God's not using Spotify. I don't think God is <laughs> limited by the the music platform. Oh, 100%. He created the universe. I think he... Uh, he definitely uses Pandora. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That is a way better joke than I was originally intended. No, that's fantastic. That was... <laughs> I'm, like, trying not to, like, just spit all anyway, over this mic Anyway, so snap back into... Yeah, that's, like, so powerful. And, like, just, like, how that relates back to everything. But, like, while you were talking, like, something that, like, there's kind of, like, two themes that are going on right now which is like the one I brought up before, which is like us being called to be like literally children to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like we must be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. But then we have these like amazing examples of men, of fathers who are like what fathers should be, which is your grandfather, your father, my grandfather. We haven't talked about him, but my father as well. But like what I always hear like, when you talk about like a good father or a good grandfather, you look at St. Joseph, like it's St. Joseph, the worker. Like it's like, we look with them with fondness because they worked, like they loved their family through their work. Like they were constantly like working and helping. So it's like that idea of like what manhood is supposed to look like, like that St. Joseph idea of just like working and loving through your work. And then it's the idea of like being a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, how do those two ideas, which are so pivotal and integral to our faith, to like being good Catholic men, like how do those things like incorporate and work with one another? So this reminds me of Psalm 127. And it's the current theme for Franciscan university they're like this school year but psalm 127 says unless the lord unless the lord builds the house those who build labor in vain Mm. and there's a sort of i really enjoy that from the aspect of the productivity side yeah where you know it's like if you pause the the child like (laughs) sphere it's like as a as a man, <laughs> as a person, <laughs> as a self-proclaimed man, it's like as I, as a dude, 
who is doing a lot of things as I'm trying to get my master's, as I'm stepping into ministry, as I'm beginning this podcast, as I'm doing all of these things, there is a space where there's, you know, the childlike stuff integrates. And I can hit on that in just a second. But the other side of working, doing the work, bringing glory to the kingdom through Mm. the work, it's like the work is important. It's not that God wants all of us to be children so that it's just a giant playpen and just chaos, (laughs) but it's that he utilizes our strengths. He utilizes your ability to be proficient, to like take care of business, to do your taxes. (laughs) Like (laughs) He takes those moments as ways to integrate into something so much larger, Mm. which is really unique because... It's like, if you're not living a life catered towards the Lord, then someone who is, is also interacting with you because they have to, because taxes got to be paid. And like, <laughs> and, oh, this ties so well with Matthew. You would, oh. you had said that like Matthew quote earlier, but yeah. like, if we do go into the taxes realm or like, oh yeah. Tax collector. Yeah. Matthew's yeah. a tax collector. Yeah. But the thing about this verse that I really enjoy is like, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Mm-hmm. There's a degree which the Lord integrates our work. It's not separate, but it's like if we do it all from our own will or our own power, mm-hmm. it's like you labor in vain. Yeah. And the Lord is the one who's actually building it. He's building a temple that can last. Yeah. That goes again. I love it when things like relate back to each other. It's like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> but from what you were saying, like rather than like being like a child in a playpen, like what children are dependent, like they're completely and totally dependent. Like they're dependent on their mother. They're dependent on their father. It's that dependency. And it like goes right back to that idea of like, unless God builds the temple or the house, the house, the laborer labors in vain. Like, it's the same thing of like me going and doing my holy hours because like I'm going to do this like me alone. Like I'm going to do what it takes for God to give me what I need and what I want. No, it's like what God wanted was me to just rely on him. Like he's already given me everything. He died on the cross for us. There's that theme there of how we had said earlier about kind of expectations in prayer that you had had. It's like, in this space, it's like giving the Lord the opportunity, giving Lord the authority and permission to act. Because mm. it's so easy to be closed-minded or go into the chapel and say like, oh, I'm doing this. And my oh, mom are like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm expecting this whenever I do this. And that's often how the world works. It's like, if I, <laughs> if I turn down the air, or like turn up the air condition, I expect it to get colder. Yeah. And assuming that the machine works and like in this space it's like assuming that the lord works whenever i turn up the prayers i'm expecting him to respond in that space yeah but there's a a uniqueness whenever you give god the permission say like hey god i'm gonna turn on the air and i like blow my mind Hmm. lord take control Instead of 
<laughs> instead of just air coming through the vents, like, Lord, you have permission to like tear down this house if you want to build an ice castle and just totally rock my world. <laughs> just totally like just blow my mind in a and like giving him the authority to say, Lord, like I built these things, but you know, and this requires like a lot of honesty and self-reflection. It's like, am I content with what I have right now? Am I, you know, am I living the life that I know that I want to be living or are there still areas that are unsatisfying and giving God the authority to, to build? Yeah. I make all things new. Like, yeah. And like, that's what Jesus wants us to do. And even when we think we're like on the path that we're supposed to be, like we like know we're on the path we're supposed to be. It's like, as you said, like letting God turn that like house into an ice castle, like constantly give him the ability to work in your life. Like never think that you have it or that you can control it, but like totally like give it to him and like let him do the work. It's a pretty ruthless prayer. Yeah, it's gnarly. <laughs> uh, hey, God, I don't really know uh, why I'm upset, but like, could you uh, could you do something? <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, I mean, that's that's a, a dramatically large pill to swallow. Yeah, it's countercultural. It is complete. Abs- it is counter world. Yeah, it is. It is not like. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm wondering, have you, I think there's another portion to this. Hmm. There's another portion to this where instead of God, the father, God, the builder who comes in to fix the mess, have you experienced any times whenever he was guiding, he wasn't just the one cleaning up your diaper after you took a dookie, (laughs) but instead where the Lord directed you where he was the one calling the shots and you followed. Hmm. Immediately where my mind goes to is finishing high school. Um, always wanted to go to Franciscan and like, I had such a deep desire to come to this school. All of my five older brothers came to Franciscan and it's like all I ever wanted. And then the position I was in and in talking to my brothers and seeking advice from them, because that's something I've done my entire life. And that's like, honestly why I am the man that I am is like seeking advice from people I look up to and admire. But I was like, I came to them and I was like, should I do this? Cause right now, like I'm not in a financial place to pay my way through Franciscan. And they gave me very real advice. They were like, maybe think about doing two years of community college and then going to Franciscan and maybe like look at other options. Like in them giving me that advice, I started looking at my other options, but nothing like really lit that spark in me like I knew I wanted to go to Franciscan I wanted to be doing something that made sense like financially and everything but like I also like wanted to go to Franciscan so bad like I'd been surrounded by secular high school students my entire life and like I finally wanted to be surrounded by men and women who would lift me up and turn me into the man that like I was called to be and I was like wrestling with this decision all throughout my senior year of high school and then finally I ended up going to a very close priest friend of mine to seek advice and counsel. And he kind of just like, again, slapped me across the (laughs) face. And he was like, Colin, where do you want to go? And I was like, I want to go to Franciscan. He was like, okay, 
go. I was like, that was easy. Yeah. Like, (laughs) but what about like all these other aspects? And he was like, let the Lord provide go. If this is what you think he's calling you to. I was like, yeah. I was like, he's like, just go trust in the Lord. He's leading you somewhere. Follow him. Don't sacrifice or think, you know what you're supposed to do. Let the Lord lead you where he's trying to lead you and stop trying to take care of it all on your own. So that day I like put down my deposit. I like said I was going to go and everything. And I saw the bill and I was like, oof, (laughs) Ah, that's a muchos dinero. All right, God, (laughs) (laughs) let's see it. Um, and then not even a week later, God came in like the clutch, like the last inning and just like, just figured out everything like through certain means through financial aid along with like benefactors which the lord just like threw into my life i was like able to come to franciscan and able to like come here without worrying like it wasn't going to be easy but like it made it like doable and it made it like i knew like it was what i was supposed to do so like i trusted in the lord and i was like i kind of like went out on a limb and just like trusted him to catch me like i took a step out onto the water and (laughs) just tried to keep my eyes on him and the water turned out to be like solid and like that's what again like we're called to like it's that childlike dependency it's that like letting god lead you like where you think he's leading you where you know he's leading you and yeah that's a fantastic question it's like so powerful i love that story i think it's super real and true in the we're not lost or abandoned yeah and i think it's john 14 18 it's like i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you or i will not leave you as desolate i will come to you Mm. different translations so beautiful yeah that verse resonates very heavily with me and it's like i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you for me i knew that whenever my grandfather passed away and all it's like I made myself a sort of spiritual orphan. Mm. I was experiencing that desolation. I felt desolate. I felt abandoned. I felt lost. And then it's like the Lord says, I will not leave you. I will come to you. Mm. And that whenever that happened and happens, (laughs) it continues to happen. That's the, that's the God that I want to pray to. Yeah. That's the God that, creates ice castles (laughs) that's the god (laughs) that's the god who slaps us in the face because he says i'm not gonna leave you i'm not gonna leave you as orphan or desolate i'm gonna i'm gonna come yeah it's so beautiful that god jesus is like called the good shepherd like because we are totally just a bunch of sheep and like the thing about sheep is they're not smart at least my (laughs) idea of sheep aren't smart like the way i imagine sheep and i think they are is like they're idiots they're just like roaming around they're like see a wolf and they're like i'm gonna go stand next to it and just look at it and then try to pet it yeah but like jesus is the good shepherd like he's going to lead us he's going to guide us if we stray off he's gonna leave the 99 and just to save the one yeah like that is the god again that we like worship and we pray to. That's like, why I made this podcast. Because <laughs> I want to tell people. <laughs> tell people about they it because it's sick. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to encourage. Um, leave on a note of encouragement. It's like 
we have hit on a lot of personal encounter stuff 100%. today and it's like the reason we made I made this podcast is it's like be an outlaw don't fall for all the crap that says like oh it's not worth the time but let god be the father yeah give him the authority and say like throw it back at him god you said in scripture i will not leave you as an orphan i will come to you yeah lord please show up i love that idea of like outlaw now that we've like talked about it and everything like i'm understanding it much more but yeah like we're called to be outlaws like the culture the world is trying to like turn us into cattle just like pushed around doing exactly what the culture wants us to do god is calling us to like be unique to be outlaws to be like radical yeah and totally on fire amen yeah dude con thank you so much for coming on this podcast thanks for having me oliver yeah dude this is great i definitely want to have you back please do we can crack more into your heart (laughs) get more of your stories thank you so much for this thank you for having me this has been incredible yeah Uh, yet again i am oliver sibley this is colin kegler and this is outlaw catholic